If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And hi, Sabina. Happy Friday. Hello. Very excited about this episode. (laughs) I can't remember the last time. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we recorded on a Friday. It's kind of a fun way to end the week, I must say. All right. So today we are going to talk uh, or take a little bit of a different direction. And rather than discussing coaching strategies for your FRs, we're going to talk a little bit about career paths for activity coaches. And of all the roles in the NM system, I really do think that this is one of the most unique roles and has the most diverse paths into and out of the role. And in our very first episode, we talked about the roles of the activity coach and who makes a great coach. So if you, you know, hopped into our podcast somewhere in the middle, um, maybe go back and listen to that first one. I think it will kind of lays a nice foundation for what we're going to going to talk about today. Um, But we know that oftentimes certain individuals just get thrown into this activity coaching role for a variety of reasons. Either they have extra capacity or they're looking to take on more responsibility or maybe there just wasn't anybody else at the time and so um, they were put in that role. But regardless of how individuals came into this role, we know by experience and looking around the system that the activity coaching role can be a launch pad into a plethora of other impactful roles for the right person. And you're going to hear that today as you listen to our guest panelists. We have two panelists today that I'll introduce here shortly, um, and we're excited to have them. So before we do that, um, Sabina, you and I, like many former activity coaches in the field, I believe have a unique path as well. So share with us briefly how you got started in your activity coaching journey. Sure, sure. Um, So I like to think of myself as the accidental activity coach because um, at the time I was in the network office working for the managing partner. I was his executive assistant um, and was really kind of, I'd been about a year and a half. I was getting a little antsy and, you know, was looking for something interesting to to do. and our recruiter was doing a little bit of coaching that activity coaching wasn't even really a thing then. Um, and our MP just, he didn't, I like to say he didn't tap me on the shoulder and say, oh my gosh, I think you'd be so amazing at this. He basically just wanted to take it off of the plate from the recruiter and just like kind of lob it somewhere else. Like it was just like, didn't really give much thought to it. And it was going to go to somebody in the front office, I think. And so I literally just kind of waved my hand and said, hey, I, I think I'd like to do that. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, and that's, and that's kind of how it, how I started. Um, 
And what I figured out pretty quick was I kind of had a knack for it. I had a knack for listening, asking questions, being pretty direct, but, but still kind. And, you know, just, I could, it was a role that I could fill just being myself. So that's kind of how I came to it. Yeah. And I think um, you're probably not alone in that I do think a lot of people kind of get tossed into it. I will say what I think has changed over the years, and you and I started a long time ago, but I think what has changed over the years is the um, understanding of the impact that this role can have. And I do think people take it much more seriously now. Leaders take it more seriously than they did in the past. It used to just be about collecting numbers, and that was kind of it. And now it really truly has grown into a very impactful coaching role. So hopefully that isn't the case as much any longer We where we have people just like, oh, yeah, I want to get it off my plate. You just take I, this. I agree. I agree 100%. It's, people are much more thoughtful about filling yeah. that role now, and it's it's kind of been elevated as a role throughout the system. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I started as a college intern with NM decided I wasn't going to go full-time with Northwestern Mutual. I actually left the company, um, but I referred a ton of people because I had such a great experience with the internship, and they came back and asked if I would recruit for uh, for the office. And I said, no, I, I don't have an HR background. I have a marketing background. I want to do sales. And they said, well, it is sales. You're just selling the career. And so, you know, I went from an intern to being a recruiter and quickly, um, you know, fell into, and I say fell into in a, in a great way. I was excited to work more with the FRs and to help them develop and grow in their role. And so I, I picked up ac- activity coaching as one of the additional things I did in addition to my recruiting at that time. Um, and then, you know, Sabina, you and I can share a little bit about how our careers evolved from our activity coaching roles into what we're doing today. But um, before we do that, I want to introduce our two awesome panelists, Jayla Sullivan and Nicole Kriegel. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Excited to have you both. Um, So let me start with Jayla. Uh, Jayla Sullivan has been with the Leader Financial Group of Milwaukee since 2016, where she is currently the CDO or the Chief Development Officer. And in her current role, she mentors and challenges advisors to succeed as they are starting out their business. She started with Northwestern Mutual in the events area at the home office, actually, in 2004. Um, She also has her registered nursing degree, which I think is really cool. Uh, she met her husband, Tim, in Las Vegas, and they have two beautiful daughters that are 13 and 4. Welcome, Jayla. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, and Nicole. So Nicole started her career 15 years ago with Northwestern Mutual in Des Moines, Iowa. And in that time, she moved from, uh, similar to Sabina, starting in an assistant role to um, also um, similar as Jayla. She is... Uh, moved into the chief development officer role. And she did that by effectively implementing systems for uh, recruiting, onboarding, and training new advisors, which led to an 11-year average growth goal achievement of 140% of their goal. This also moved the firm from a market category four to three in achievement and recognition, earning 12 straight company achievement awards and five team awards. So awesome. Um, Nicole. She's also worked to develop systems for leadership development, resulting in two managing partner rollouts and being invited into the aspiring managing partner program herself. Um, In her time, um, the Des Moines firm grew from approximately 3 million of revenue to 20 million, which is also very impressive. Um, In 2021, 
And this is what uh, I think was a big part of getting her to where she is today. Nicole earned her ACC, her coaching designation, through the International Coaching Federation um, Client-Wise Partnership. And it was through that experience where she realized that coaching is really where she's meant to be. So she recently launched Kriegel Coaching and Consulting in 2022, where she helps her clients gain clarity one conversation at a time. And lastly, I'm excited to share that um, I heard that Nicole uh, was starting her business and I quickly reached out to her knowing what a great resource she was. And I asked if she would be willing to contract with Heather Price Consulting and be one of the resources and one of our coaches that helped do activity coaching um, and, you know, work with us on helping getting new reps off to a great start. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Jayla, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you start with Northwestern Mutual and what paths have you taken? Sure. So I started right out of high school, actually, senior year of high school, um, was given the opportunity to go through and do a co-op at the time. So that was half day going to school, half day going into a business professional area. So introduced to Northwestern Mutual back in 1999, so ages myself a little bit. <laughs> um, but from there, I really just had the opportunity to be uh, introduced to Northwestern Mutual System as the whole. Um, at that same time, I was pursuing my nursing degree. So as I went to clinicals, um, that's when my schedule changed. And what I really needed to do that there is find some flexibility. So as I was working at different hospitals around the Milwaukee area, uh, just realized that I did not have the uh, availability to be consistently working second shift. So went back to the uh, my old manager at Northwestern Mutual in the event planning area and asked, please, could I just do any hours that you could give me that I could give you um, during this time? So I was back, introduced back into closer to my senior year of college, um, where I was almost, almost graduating back into the meetings division at the event planning space. And this was in at the time that was the agency development department, where we did a lot of education for all the regional meetings, annual meeting um, so in that area, I always thought I knew a little bit about a lot because you always knew about the new technology. You always knew about um, all the events that were happening. And from there, I got introduced to uh, Mary Heil, who offered me a full-time position as a in that area after college. So I was 23, um, or you know, in my 20s, and at the time, traveling sounded like a great opportunity. So I was with the event planning area for about 10 years, where we traveled, did on all the education pieces of those events, and then came, uh, come about five years ago, I had a I was pregnant with my four-year-old, and at the time, just realized that I. I need to start to look at something that was more stable. So in that stable environment, I reached out to a local office, and I actually have a connection with Joanna Marker, who introduced me to Matt Leader, uh, the managing partner in the Milwaukee area, and at the time just came up with the perfect opportunity to be his executive assistant and the recruiter coordinator. So got introduced to that. Um, in that role, I thought, okay, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm not going to go all in. I'm just going to do be the best executive assistant I can, and I'm not going to try to develop myself as much as I wanted to. Uh, well, that didn't last long, <laughs> and I took up the opportunity to start shadowing and get myself involved in activity coaching and start being in the development opportunity. So I transitioned then to the director of training, and then now in this role as the beginning of the year, um, have that ties to recruiting the development team and un the under two specifically under two years of service specifically. 
Yeah. So I do think the best coaches are the ones who are always developing themselves, right? So you, like you said, like I wasn't really planning on uh, on diving in and developing myself, but here you are, right? Now the, the chief development officer having started as an executive assistant. So I, I think you'll see that consistently across, you know, most of the people that you talk to who are in those roles. They're really passionate about development. And I think you have to be in order to be a good coach. The other thing that I love is if, you know, we kind of lay your path down, um, you know, with my path, we kind of did the opposite thing and that you start, right? I mean, just like you had, you started with how many years did you say in the home office? Eight or? Yes, I was full-time in 2004 years. and I left about five years ago. So yeah. quite a few yeah. years. So you started, spent quite a bit of time at corporate and then decided to make the move out to the field. Yep. Um, I started in the field, went to the home office, ended up you know, going into a consulting role, but working with the field again. And I know Sabina and Nicole, you both have all field experience, right? Um, no corporate experience, but I think right. it just goes to show, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we know so many people that come in to get that different perspective at the home office. Um, so it's just kind of cool to see how many different paths there are. Um, Nicole, tell us a little bit about your path. Yeah, sure. So um, like you said, similar to Sabina, I started as an assistant to the managing partner, but it was a little unique because when I was hired on, um, I was managing partner assistant and campus recruiter. And we quickly learned those two roles were not going to work out well together. And what I found is that I just really enjoyed working alongside my managing partner, Keith. He was such a, he was and is such a visionary. And I was really good at rolling out systems to to help his vision come true. So I started to lean more toward the systems development for the development side of the firm. And at the time, you know, we were a much smaller office. We were part of a shared training program with four other network offices in the Midwest. So I, we were naturally in the central location geographically for that. So I became the shared training coordinator where um, the fast track sales schools were all held in Des Moines and, and I ran that for the five offices. That naturally turned into a director of development role, a development officer role, and then chief development officer. And then as you mentioned, I was invited into the aspiring managing partner program. I think just so cool to see, right? I mean, starting as an executive assistant, I just think it goes to show the amazing opportunities. At the same time, I can imagine, I don't know that any of the four of us that are on this podcast right now would say that when they started their role, they were like, I'm going to be an activity coach. Like that was, you know, the thing on their <laughs> on their list of, of careers. But I also am guessing um, and would love your input on this, that it was an important role in terms of being a launching pad for the future opportunities that you were going to have. So tell us a little bit about that. Maybe Jayla, you can start, you know, how did activity coaching and, and that role specifically contribute to the path that you took and that you're on now? Yeah, so I think activity coaching, for one, just gives you an insight of the Granum numbers, which is essentially the, still the basis of Northwestern Mutual and the system that works. So I think um, really understanding Granum, understanding how to coach it to it, and then essentially once you get to the point where you can start breaking down the ratios, that helps you figure out what areas you really need to develop in or on with those individuals. Um, so we, I think if you break, if you're starting to break down and you start to realize and have that specific explanation of the ratios, that's where that takes a different level deeper where you can spend more time on the problems and problem solving with them. Mm-hmm. I think it helps you, it gives you the ability to become the expert because sometimes, well, most of the time, I think our activity coaches know the numbers better inside and out than the FRs do themselves. And I 
think it's because that FR is only looking at their specific numbers on a regular basis. But as an activity coach, you're constantly looking at everybody's numbers and ratios on the daily. Um, so I, I do think it positions you to be an expert in that space, which is an awesome launching pad into future opportunities. Nicole, how about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say it it really helped me learn that I was passionate about helping others build their business. You know, by helping them understand the controllables in a world where there are so many uncontrollables, um, I, I just really felt like I was making the, an impact. And I learned the more people I impacted, you know, financial advisor-wise, the more clients you know, they would be then reaching out to and the more people they would be helping. So that ripple effect was really exciting to me. Sabina, I see you nodding your head. What are you thinking? No, I agree. I agree with everything that she just said, because I, um, you know, when you think about, I, I say this all the time, what we teach financial reps, they can turn around and use in the marketplace. Like our interactions with the reps that we coach, um, can be a role model for how to interact with people out in the marketplace. And I think, you know, cause they've experienced it now they've experienced, you know, someone who was direct with them, someone who asked them maybe difficult questions, somebody who really cared about their development and understood that, you know, it wasn't an easy path to develop yourself. So um, I think the ripple effect is, is incredible. And just, you know, getting other activity coaches, that's, that's the other exciting part to me is the number of activity coaches that have elevated. I could tell Heather, when we used to do these clinics at the home office year by year, I could see the elevation of the kind of people that were coming. And it wasn't just that the role was being elevated. People were taking it more seriously and, and it, it's just, it's fun. It's been fun to see that over the past many, many years. We don't need to put a number on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think about the years of experience just between the four oh of us. Gosh. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, going back to your comment, Nicole, about um, it, it's really where you realized your passion for developing people. And I think that's so true. I would say that's where my passion came from too. It kind of is like when you want to dabble in mentoring and then you realize like, oh, I really can see the impact that I can have in this role. Uh, so again, I think this is such a phenomenal role for testing whether or not further leadership is for you um, and learning you know, to really understand the impact that you can have um, in helping reps get started. So, um, so whoever wants to go first on this one, but what specific knowledge and skills would you say that you gained from activity coaching um, that you maybe still use today? And if so, how are you using those skills? Go ahead, Jayla. Oh, so I would say specifically um, in regards to these skills is actually that accountability piece, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing. Um, and I think one of the connections that the accountability piece has it has it passed through is the connection between recruiting and development. Um, so we've learned we've really used the uh, activity coaching clinic for our recruiters too to understand that piece and then how they it's almost like a, a session for themselves in a way there are many activity coaching clinics in their own way in terms of what they're doing as a recruiter um, but for us for accountability wise in terms of the developing those under two representatives some of this is so habit forming it is just the repeating and rinsing it and making sure that it, it is um, making sense to them is really what has helped us uh, develop those skills for them. And sometimes it seems mundane, but putting it like 
uh, week to week, day to day, month to month together and making sure that they are seeing their gaps. That's what's really helped us as well. And that's the, the bridge really has helped us between the recruiting activity and the development of those individuals. Interesting. I'm hearing more and more offices actually talk about that. Like, And we've discussed not having silos, right? Where recruiting mm-hmm. just does recruiting and development just does development. Um, but learning from recruiting, you know, about what they know about the FR and carrying that through the process and working together as a whole team and such important skills. And their ratios. I mean, when you think about what the recruiter does compared to the advisor, um, there is a similarity there. So if you can tie that together too and have the recruiter understand their ratios as as if they were doing or going through the activity coaching themselves mm-hmm. on them on themselves um, has been very helpful as well. Interesting. So just applying the process really to right. the same thing for the recruiters. Cool. Nicole? Yeah, you know, as far as specific knowledge and skills, um, I would certainly say knowledge of the client building system, creating effective language and handling objections. Uh, Another skill, a very important skill of listening and building relationships. And also, you know, the ability to learn to have courageous conversations and having the confidence to be direct when you need to be. So I would identify those as as some specific knowledge and skills, and I use them all every day to this day. You know, I get to apply the concepts of client building to now my own coaching business, just as the advisor does to their business, which is really fun. Like I finally get to use what I've been coaching people to do all these years. Um, I use a lot of the same language and techniques when reaching out to my own prospects Um, you know, and whether I'm having a discovery meeting or approach meeting, um, whether I'm prospecting, I'm using a lot of what I've taught in the past. And of course, when it comes to coaching, I'm always getting curious, I'm listening, I'm building relationships, and when needed, you know, having those direct and courageous conversations. I do think they are skills that you, you know, we think that they're skills for activity coaching, but they really are skills that you can use really in any role. Um, You know, and Sabina, I think you would agree with me on this. We started this activity coaching podcast uh, with the intent that it would be for activity coaching, but we watched our audience grow from activity coaches to all leadership in general, and now even to other companies. We had somebody from Singapore join one of our activity coaching clinics, um, you know, with, with a different company similar industry, but I just think the skills that you learn in this role and that we are teaching in our activity coaching clinics are so applicable across so many different roles. And and really just in life, right? Like just in your personal relationships too. That's mm-hmm. to me one of the greatest things about being a coach is it kind of forces you to be a better person in general and always be developing yourself. But there's so many things that you learn that just apply in a conversation with a total stranger that you are sitting next to on an airplane, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I think too, is like that idea of feedback. Uh, we all want it. We all crave it, but we don't know always how to know how to give it. So I think part of that is, uh, you go from giving real solid feedback just based on metrics to feedback based on like Nicole was saying your language and some of that builds up as like stepping stones. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, would either of you and Sabina, you as well, do you think you would be where you are at today without the activity coaching experience that you had under your belt and why or why not? Nicole, why don't you go first? Yeah, I would say no way, no way. It's, it's really where I learned the business. And since I wasn't an advisor to start and really most activity coaches aren't, 
that's where you really gain um, your expertise and knowledge on the business. And you get, the fun thing is you get to witness it play out time and time again, whether someone makes it or not in the business, you're affirmed each time on, on what works, what doesn't work. And it's amazing what similarities you see, you know, every time you experience that. So the amount of exposure I've had to the career is so much more than a single advisor has on the lens of just his or, own, his or her own practice. And I've carried that exposure with me each step of the way to share stories and guide others on their journey. So that exposure has just been so valuable. Great feedback. Yep, and I would say um, when I first started, I had a very narrow view of how much work this <laughs> advisor role was for the um, field. So I think about the stepping stones in terms of um, the activity coaching and how you can use that to actually build up. And just um, I it gave me a, a the system to really work for and work towards and what you can really find out what does work for most individuals, what doesn't work. And that to me has helped me in other places in terms of development, carrying that on. So I think from activity coaching and understanding the basis of it, um, I really don't think you can't, you can't really do other aspects of the career without understanding the very beginning of it. Yeah. Um, and we've, you know, I know that Granham and all the different modules and terminology people want to change, but it's applicable across the systems, no matter what role you're in, what if even if you're not in the Northwestern Mutual System, even like you just said about your podcast, having other people join is because it's applicable. So we try to make it um, relevant. And if you can learn the basics of the activity piece of it, I think that is the part that helps the, the building of years to come. Mm-hmm. And both of you mentioned, you know, learning the basics and neither of you were FR, were FRs beforehand. Sabina, you and I weren't FRs beforehand. Let's talk a little bit about how to develop in this role, right? Because at some point, if you haven't been an FR and you started as an executive assistant, you probably have some knowledge, but like where, where do you even begin, right? I mean, there's so much to learn. And Sabina, you and I coach a lot of activity coaches and I, we see the deer in headlights when they show up in our clinic and they're brand new and they're like, oh my gosh, I have, you know, where do I even start? Um, what Nicole and Jayla would be your advice for new people to the role in terms of development resources, getting started, like where would you suggest they spend some time and what should they do to develop themselves? Um, I would say expose yourself to as much of the FR experience as you can. Um, You know, from the selection process and what they're learning in the selection process to their experience in initial training to the systems, you know, for development and the, the ongoing training, the more that you can just immerse yourself into that advisor world because you're, you're not necessarily in it yourself, I think the more you're just going to understand where they're coming from. Um, and it helps you just see where there might be some opportunities for improvement in the systems as well. I mean, I was naturally in a development role, so they went hand in hand. But so doing that within your office, but also, you know, exposing yourself at, at, at annual meetings, central regional, whatever regional meetings you're in, um, building your network of, of other coaches across the country and other offices so you have people to lean on. And even, you know, when you're at these types of, of events, 
you know, don't necessarily just go to something that pertains to your role, but go, go to the advisor sessions as well. I love that. I love that. Yeah, sitting in on client builders, yeah, just completely immersing yourself. One of the things that, that I learned early on to echo what Nicole just said is I went to every Monday morning meeting. I sat in on client builders. I went to all the agency meetings. Like I tried to be in every venue where advisors were so I could hear what they were hearing from other people. And it really helped. So like if we had a guest speaker and I knew firsthand what that person said, so I could echo that in my coaching throughout the week, you know? And so I think it's, it's time consuming, but if you really want to grow in that role, you want to hear what they're hearing so that you can um, help anchor it with them as, as the weeks go on. Cause you know how it is. You go to, you hear a million different things and then you forget them all, right. <laughs> Except for one or two. And if someone else is hearing them and helping anchor them in you, um, that's super helpful for advisors. Yeah, I thought about, um, Nicole said a lot about shadowing, and I think finding a study group was the most helpful thing to find out different ideas, what's working, what's not. Um, and we do a ton of practice, so I think uh, like in terms of re-emphasizing um, what they're learning, what they're hearing, and how to utilize that in coaching, that helps a ton. I also really wanted to approach myself as if um, I wanted to know everything, so I wanted to be treated as an advisor at first. So I took, I think even just going through and getting your license, um, that helps to understand what they're going through and also finding out the answers for yourself. So I think I'm also a person that wanted to know everything. I reached out, used my resources on LinkedIn, used on and uh, all the resources that Northwestern Mutual has to offer and uh, exposing myself to some of those external knowledges so that I was up to date with and relevant to the team as well. I'm so glad you mentioned study groups. I wouldn't have even, this is, I'm, I'm so bad at self-promotion, but um, I think study groups are a phenomenal resource as well. And it is one of the reasons actually, and one of the resources um, I provide is a national activity coaches study group for that exact reason. I think to be able to hear from your other other peers that I'm not alone in this, I'm experiencing this as well. Um, and study groups are helpful, but they also take a lot of time and energy, right? Where do I find the right people? And somebody's got a schedule and somebody has to coordinate and whatever. And so if you are interested in study groups, definitely check out um, heatherpriceconsulting.com. We do have study groups for activity coaches. The other thing I would add, and Sabine, I know you are such a, a nut in a good way, a good nut when it comes to just continued self-development and education in general, like read, read, read. There's so many good resources out there, not just necessarily, right, about how to be a good FR, but like, well, first of all, the Granum book, right? I mean, we haven't mentioned that, but like you should be reading that Granum book inside and out, beginning to end, cover to cover multiple times. Um, I know I still do that. I I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I still, every time I read it and go through it, I find benefit in that. So um, find a podcast, right? Whether it's generally about coaching. Um, there's a ton of podcasts out there right now, the Will and Tom podcast and you know a bunch of other really good um, content and resources. The E3, I think it's still called E3, is that right? Um, on you know LinkNet. Um, just don't be afraid to learn and have that development mentality um, and dig in. I, I agree. You cannot develop yourself too much. There's no such thing as too much self-development. No such thing. Um, all right. So let's um, wrap up with a couple last questions. I would love to hear from you. Um, what's one of your favorite impact stories as an activity coach? Where do you feel like you've had the most impact? Jayla, why don't you take it? 
Yeah, so I always say this role is not instant gratification, right? <laughs> so um, I've seen others get to pay setter first 40, second 60, and I think still the most gratifying thing in this role when, when you're dealing with development is just working with individuals who understand and are really accepting of the coaching that you're giving of them and almost ask for it where they're earning and uh, just earnest about it and want to receive it very well. So my most impactful um, story is working with those individuals that just love to get feedback are in it want to realign every single week or every day to make sure that they are doing what they need to do to get to where they want to be um, to make sure that they're successful yeah you know it's difficult to pinpoint just one you know over my years I see more broad picture themes when I think about um, impact stories with activity coaching and you know you might be expecting me to share a story of how an amazing advisor was able to hit P40 in three months time. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to share that here. I actually think those people would have done that with or without me. It, it's just the type of person they are. Um, so some of the most impactful stories in my mind actually come from the advisors that were really struggling. Uh, the advisors who wanted so badly to make it work, but you just know it, it's not gonna work out for them. And, you know, to learn to come alongside them to, with grace, help them see it, I think is a, is a very impactful thing. You know, there was a point in my career where I felt it was my obligation for, for us to set parameters around how long we let someone hang on in the career, you know, before we send them down a path that's, that's really not helpful to them financially. So the impact isn't always helping someone go crush it. It's also helping those find a way to celebrate their bravery for taking on this risk, but then helping them realize they're best suited for another role. And, you know, my office was, was and is, very good at retaining former advisors who then shifted to teams because of this mentality. The cool thing about activ the activity coaching role is you can help them find clarity, clarity that they love the advisor career or clarity that they may be best suited to be on a team or go sell something else altogether. And to me, that clarity is the greatest impact. I like that celebrate bravery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. Mm -hmm. Sabina? So I have found um, 10 years is about the delayed gratification mark for feedback. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I've had two or three people after 10, 10 years later, and I guess in just their reflections or whatever, reach back and say, you know, oh, I just made form. Like, these are people I haven't had communication with in quite some time. Um, but I just got one the other day that I, I do want to share a specific one. Um, there was a, a young man that, that was um, – had come in and was, you know, kind of very, very emotional, very passionate, very, you know, but wanted to quit every other week, you know, but I knew based on my experience, he had what it took to succeed at this long term. So I just poured belief and encouragement into him and, you know, with some tough love. Um, so 10 years later, right now, about a month ago, I got this text from him and he said, this is, this is just what he wrote. I was just sharing my story with some new reps here in the office. Wanted to thank you for all your help in my early years. Your belief and persistence with me went further than you'll ever know. So it wasn't 
anything specific, right? It was just, you believed in me and you encouraged me when I was ready to leave. And thank you for doing that. So that I think is the other thing that you just, words have power, belief, tremendous power when you believe in someone and you just constantly tell them that you believe in them. Um, You know, we say this in our clinics all the time, right, Heather? You just can't, you can't believe enough and you will believe more than they do in the beginning. You can't care more than they do, but you believe more than they do because of your experience and because you know what you know and they don't know that yet. So your belief, your belief in other people doesn't get immediate feedback, but it's, it's so powerful. It's amazing. And I think it's a lesson for all of us to reach out to the people that have had impact on us, right? Uh, We, my guess is the the four of us here have no idea the impact that we have had. And I don't know that we ever will because people just don't outwardly say, oh my gosh, you had this, you know, unless we ask, um, you know, and we've been on different panel discussions where we've gone back and we've brought in different FRs. But I mean, the fact of the matter is you're, we're having a ton of impact, but like you said, it's either delayed or, you know, we're just not getting that feedback. But I think it's a lesson for us to make sure that we're reaching out and telling those people who are, are having impact because um, it does make a difference um, in our in our roles and in the enjoyment that we get out of the coaching that we do. Yes. And I believe that we do what we do because we love it, not because we need that feedback, right? Like we do it because our heart's in it. Our passion is in it. We believe in them. It, it kind of doesn't matter if we ever get feedback back from them. I mean, it's nice when we do, but it doesn't matter because we do it anyway. Like I feel like that's the the way that's the giving without keeping score. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in that. You just do what your heart says you do. And, you know, some, somehow, some way it's going to come back to you. It's just not a direct line. Yeah. I want to wrap up with a question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask. So here goes. <laughs> um, I, I what is your advice for people who are listening, current activity coaches or people who are getting into it, or even maybe even an activity coach that's been doing this for years? What is your best advice for them in terms of next steps and career path? What would you tell them? For me, coming from that corporate office to going to a field office is the field flexibility that you have to create your own role and to find out what you're really looking for is much easier in that field office. So shadow, 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 find out what you want to do and dip your toes in it or go all in on it. And then if there's not a role that you're looking for or not a role that's there, that ask if it could be created. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that is one of the differences between corporate field, corporate and field in terms of you can create uh, your own path in the field a lot faster. And I think that if you enjoy recruiting and you enjoy the development piece, there's a mix or whatever you enjoy, there's a mix of it out there for you and you really can create your role that you want. And it can be done with relatively quickly as well. Really good advice. Nicole? I would say if you're newer in the role, Um, it goes back to exposure and just expose yourself to as much as you can so that you can decide what it is you really do have passion around. And for those that have been in the role longer, um, you know, you might do an analysis of your current role and just think about like what, if if I could just do one or two parts, my favorite parts, a hundred percent of the time, like what would those two things be? And how could I spend more time there? That'd be my advice. Sabina, final thoughts? That's great advice, by the way, Nicole. I would say um, just to kind of have a vision for yourself. I mean, to me, one of the great things about being an activity coach at that stage of life was I saw the visions of the advisors. Like, like I was in, you know, listening to all those conversations and I thought, 
man, I should start thinking about that way. I should start thinking that way about myself and my career. I didn't, I just was kind of bumping along. I didn't really have a, I mean, we talked about this last time. I didn't really have a five-year plan or anything. I was just kind of like, I've always been pretty good at just opportunities pop up and I can pivot toward them. And I think that's the other, the last thing I'd say about that is just keep your eyes and ears open. And if there's something that you think looks interesting, don't wait for someone to come to you raise your hand and say, hey, I would like to do that. Or how can I get in on that? Or what do I have to do to be worthy of the next, the roll up, you know, give me a path. Um, But you've got to agitate for yourself. It's not just going to, you know, no one's, well, I don't want to say no one because times have changed too, but no one tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I think you'd be a great coach. You know, I just kind of did it. So it's a combination of those things. Yeah, and I I would end on that. I saw something a, a post recently that made me chuckle, and it basically was like nobody's coming to rescue you yes, from your exactly. life, right? Like nobody's coming to tell you here's exactly what you should do next, and this is the best job for you, and like that's just not going to happen. So it really is up to you, and it ties back to what Jayla said about creativity, right? Like create your own role. There's flexibility, um, so get creative. Do what you love. Create that role. Um, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, thank you to our guests, uh, Nicole and Jayla. We appreciate you taking the time to share your stories. Um, it's always fun to have our have visitors drop in. Um, if you have questions, let us know. Um, Nicole, if, do you want to share any information on your coaching practice, where they can reach you or learn more about what you do? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I can be reached at coaching at NicoleKriegel.com. Um, if you You've got questions. Uh, the, my, the coaching approach I take now is is much different than activity coaching. Uh, you know, activity coaching is, is very directive where I'm focused more so now on self-discovery coaching. So um, it's about looking inward for answers versus outward for advice. So if, if you're wanting to learn more about that, reach out. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you both. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And we look forward to having you Thank join you. us next time. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.